Welcome to Unashamed Unafraid, a show unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming under Christ for healing. Where we talk about real recovery stories, answer anonymous questions with experts, and share resources that actually work. I'm your host, James. And I'm your co-host, Chris, and we are Unashamed Unafraid. Chris. What up, James? How you doing, my friend? Here we go again. Let's do it. So today, um, we got Jarrett in the studio, and man, what a beautiful heart this guy has. Love his heart. Oh, my gosh. And 21. Yeah. 21, and he is out there, like, changing lives by sharing his story. Heck, yeah. And here he is on the show. Bearing his heart to us, and, and what's cool is just... Hearing all the different things that he's doing to share his story, just to really um, open himself up, yeah, and come to know who he truly is, and how and know and share that connection with other people, and and share about his new connection that he's found with God through the Warrior Heart Boot Camp, and yeah, just who he is, and you know, it's and, awesome. and the truth bombs that he just drops in the episode, it's fantastic. Um, you know, so Jarrett has come on, and you know, like you can see, and he talks about how he's through engaging in therapy and through just really embracing a recovery lifestyle, just how quickly and how much he's grown and changed and become a person he's proud to be. And that he knows that God's proud of him too. So. And, and learning that he doesn't have to earn God's yeah. love. Like it's already there. Yeah. Doesn't have to hustle so for his for worth anymore. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, enough of us talking. Let's get into the studio with Jarrett. What do you say? Let's do it. Chris. What up, James? How you doing, my friend? Good. Welcome, Jarrett. Oh, hey. How's it going? We got Good, Jarrett man. in the house tonight. So exciting. I'm excited to hear his story. So, uh, Jarrett, for um, those of us who don't know you, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Jarrett. I'm 21 years old. Yeah. From Lehigh, Utah. Just kind of grew up there. Never moved around. Stayed in the same house growing up. Um Served a mission back in 2018, the same year I graduated. Yeah. Um, came back two months early from COVID, and then kind of from there started my re- journey of recovery. Awesome. Sweet. Well, let's dive into that a little bit then. Um, so tell me where where did kind of where do you feel like um, addiction showed up for you? So it started out kind of early on. Um, I, one thing that I've picked up on quite a bit is that. Trauma is passed on from generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up in a household with a, a father who was struggling with his own addiction. Unbeknownst to all of us, which later came out while I was on my mission, which kind of led into my recovery. But uh, for me, it started around the age 10 to 12. Um, my dad was a police officer growing up, and so that meant he was outside of the home quite a bit. And um, he, he wasn't always the happiest guy growing up. Um, and so it started where I would kind of numb out just watching YouTube videos as a kid. And I found a vine that thought it was a little funny thing, just funny videos. And then it slowly progressed to, um, music videos and then just increased into some more promiscuous material where it eventually led to me stumbling upon pornography. Okay. So how old were you then? 11. Oh, okay. 
so prior to that, you kind of felt like you were you were like any other kid, just checking out YouTube or whatever. And then at eleven, it kind of delved into something more. Exactly. So okay. it started out with just passing the time. Sure. But ended up with a lot more than I'd bargained for. Okay. So how does that go? How does that progress? What does that look like for you? So it looked like going from a video videos where it was just usually just humor. I found myself actually when I was younger watching like sad videos just to get myself to cry. It's kind of a weird thing, but <laughs> I just at night I watched like a dog dying or something, some weird thing like that, like old yeller clips where the red fern grows. But uh, I started leaning more towards feelings that kind of stimulated me, which I now realize was just um, like lust, kind of getting that desire. And I realized like, oh, this feels good. So I started watching music videos, which led to just kind of stumbling on more and more and more. And it usually went along the lines of picking up on a model and then trying to find more videos around her. Yeah. Um, eventually it got to a point where um, around 13, I had my, I got my own phone and ended up on uh, Snapchat. And this is where kind of my parents came in a little bit. Um, I'd been pretty reserved about my behavior and my mom saw something on my phone, freaked out. Um, because of some past trauma with her that I, I hadn't really known about. Mm -hmm. And so the message I got immediately was, okay, never tell your parents anything like this again. Because I got a lot of shame from that. Went and talked with a bishop. Um, and, and that's the pastoral leader, right? The ecclesiastical leader or whatever in your, for the LDS faith. For correct. those of you who aren't of that, correct. go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so he, um, grace given to him, I mean, he didn't know what he didn't know, but uh, he did his best to kind of help me try and get out of that path. But most of it just revolved around trying to do push-ups when I felt the urge. Um, and so I was open with him and honest for the first couple of weeks. And then when it didn't, I couldn't stop. It turned to lying because I figured that was easier to lie about it than to be honest. Okay. And so that kind of continued all the way up till um, high school and through high school was just lying to the bishops a lot of minimalizing, um, just tell them one thing. I tell them one thing while you were doing another. Exactly. Right. My uh, I had them convinced my problem was swearing, and so well, I was watching pornography and masturbating throughout that whole time. Is usually a couple times a week, um, mm -hmm. and so that progressed all the way up until my mission. I tried to clean up, tried to stop the whole six months, and you're good. Um, ended up just lying all the way out onto the mission. And then continued with some of that behavior out on the mission as well with pornography and masturbation. Okay. Um, and so I served in Benin um, and Togo, which is in West Africa. Um, and it's not super modest over there it, just because the culture is completely different the way they view sexuality. And so there's a lot of um, naked women. And so that was definitely a hard thing for me was to kind of be in control and be present and mm -hmm. not have those lust triggers come up. Um, Wow. But uh, it, it got to a point where I found myself in a Seabird Cafe one night, and I, um, after viewing some pornography, I just I was completely devastated. Um, I thought I had lost all my worth. God was disappointed in me. My family would be disappointed in me. I figured I'd be in, end up going home um, early from the mission just because I, I wasn't worthy. Yeah. Um, at least that's the story I was telling myself. And so I, I went home, climbed on the roof, and prayed for about an hour or two, and the next day I had an interview with my mission president, kind of told him everything. And it love that man. Um, he 
probably helped me see a little bit of what I have come to realize is God's love for me is unconditional. Yeah. Um, And God's grace. Yeah. So to rewind that a little bit. So prior to that conversation, you kind of had a view of God and who he, who he was, what he was like. Um, who was he to you around this age and, and this prior to this conversation? So um, he was, I've, and it kind of kept this view until after the mission. It, it, that's where it really started to change. Um, but he was, he was pretty much a baseball coach. Okay. I grew up playing baseball and um, you had to earn everything and you had to work hard. If you didn't work hard and you didn't earn it, then you didn't have it. And so that's how I saw God. If I didn't work hard, if I didn't earn his love, then I didn't have it. And so that's kind of how I'd always viewed it. I knew, I told myself that God loved me no matter what, but I wouldn't have believed it. Okay. And so you have this conversation with your, with your mission president and something clicks, something starts to change a little bit for you. Yeah. Okay. What impact does that have? Or, or do we need to fast forward? Like, where are we going from here? So from there, um, it was awesome. The last six months of my mission, I found that I was, it, it was kind of white knuckling where I, I felt like I was doing better because I wasn't masturbating or looking at pornography, but I was still finding lust throughout that time. Um, but I, I felt God's presence. I felt that he saw me. And there were times on my mission, even before then when I was acting out where I could see his presence in his hand, and I knew that he loved me. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, I can see these experiences and recognize them. But going forward, uh, during this time, I started getting emails from home just mm-hmm. about some family issues going on where um, my father kind of was stepping into the circle of recovery for himself. Okay. And so he ended up going to a, a Warrior Heart boot camp. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that. but uh, Oh, tell us more. sure if anybody <laughs> has listened to our podcast, you know all about Warrior Heart boot camp. Yeah. But if you haven't, here we go. But uh, so they give you a little booklet there at Warrior Heart that you got in go over in each of the sessions and what my dad ended up doing for me my cousin and my best friend is he would email us those questions each week and then we'd spend the week just kind of thinking about them and then we'd email back like hey this is some of the thoughts I had from, oh, that's awesome from this session and so I got a mini boot camp out in the mission but it definitely wasn't as good as the real thing but uh yeah. that's kind of where my recovery I could say it started was when when your dad was emailing you the questions yeah exactly okay so at that time I was kind of getting to see that there was a little bit bigger picture, but I didn't kind of really realize it till I got home to yeah. face it full on. Okay. So, um, what's the height of your addiction? What's kind of the, your, the height of your addiction and the height of your acting out? Height of my acting out is probably on my mission. Okay. Um, I was in the office for like five transfers. So I ended up being like seven months, which was just a terrible place for me to be. Um, cause you're in the office around a computer all day long. Yep, and it was pretty easy to isolate, hide things from my companion. We're the only missionaries in there. There's no couple missionaries at all. Um, and so it was pretty much a daily thing where I would look at pornography and masturbate. Okay. Um, all the while trying to stop, trying to tell myself, do everything. Yeah. The prayers, bargaining with God to no avail. Right. Okay. So, okay, so fast forward, you're back. Um your dad starts emailing you the questions while you're on your mission? Yeah. Okay, from the boot camp. And that you feel like that starts to change your recovery exactly. trajectory also. So you come home from the mission. But so what I, happens next? I come home from the mission. It's COVID, so everything's quarantined. But he starts introducing me to these things called uh, SAL and 12-step meetings. Um and I was super against it. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't have a, yeah. I, I'm just a horny teenager 
Yeah, and when did you get back? Uh, it was 20... Right, so around, probably around 20, March 2020? March 2020, yeah. I think it was kind of when they pulled everybody, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming... Okay, so it's been... So as of this recording, it's been about a year and a half? Yes. Okay. So and so I, he totally knew all about your struggles that you were dealing with. Your That's dad why did? He, kind of. I opened up a little bit, but not okay. enough for him to see the whole picture. I just told him, like, yeah, it's sometimes hard out here, just naked people. And he's like, oh, yeah. And, like, I tried minimal minimalizing it, but I'm pretty sure he saw right through it. Yeah. So how did he know to send you those uh, questions from the Warrior Heart Bootcamp? It meant a lot to him. And so he was like, all right, this is this is pretty good. He's like, hey, I got some cool information. I want to send it to you. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. And he did, had no idea what it was doing for your heart. Exactly. So he had opened up to me in an email just explaining everything that was going on at home, um, apologized to me, and started emailing this stuff from this book. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's cool. I'll just go along with it, whatever. But it, it, I started noticing it had an impact. Okay. So you get home, you're going to, you think, are you resistant to entering any type of recovery for yourself or? So resistant. There's okay. no way you're telling me I'm an addict. There's, okay. I'd watched all the church videos growing up of like, this is a porn addiction. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't. I don't have that. These guys, these guys had affairs. These guys prostitutes and did everything. I didn't do that. Okay. I'm not like that. Um, so at what point then do you come to yourself, as the scriptures might say, right, and decide to put down the shovel and stop digging? So my dad was meeting with this therapist. Um, he's like, hey, you should go to therapy. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll go. So I meet with this guy's Stefan Childs. I don't know if you... <laughs> I think it, I think it's pronounced Stephen Schultz. I think that's it. Yeah, oh, I think okay. that's the one. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a he's he's a great guy. Man. I was I was so confused. I'm like, I've never heard of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I definitely planned that joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, so I started meeting with him, and it was funny looking back at it. I think he could totally see me and kind of where I was at, and he was. I was very set in the ways that it was a bad habit, that it was not an addiction. It was a very bad habit, but just not an addiction. So slowly, with a lot of patience, I, he was able to kind of help me start turn around. Um, he started a therapy group for a bunch of guys my age. So I was 18 to 25. And so I was able to connect with a lot of people that were my age. And I, the whole time I was thinking I'm the only one who's lying about it. What I think is cool about that too is is something I experienced when I was facilitating the the AR, the LDS twelve step program ARP for the youth. It was the youth pilot program for sixteen to eighteen year olds, and just like I mean, you were eighteen to twenty five. What's cool about that is we would never talk about this kind of stuff ever growing up. I didn't even talk about it until I actually got caught, and so I didn't even know how old I was when I got caught twenty late twenties. But um, you're talking about this already off your mission. You're talking about it to other peers, and it's just awesome. No, it definitely definitely helped out. And a lot of those guys are still keeping contact, weekly calls, and it's my own little band of brothers. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're in that band. Is that when you kind of decide, I'm done? I'm, I'm going to put down the shovel, or are you still lying in there? This is where I start opening up. I start being honest. I start looking at some past childhood trauma, figuring out stuff, what's going on. Start working on who God is. I remember getting a little paper, and it was uh, what your ideal God is and what your God's like and making a list, and you're trying to figure out, all right, which God do I want to believe in? And so it involved a lot of walls coming down, 
And it, it just, this is probably where I started putting in some real work was around June last year. Okay. So this is where, so I asked you, I was like, who was that God, right? That, yeah. that used to be, that's where you kind of got some clarity around that was in that exercise. Yep, exactly. Okay. And then in there you were like, who do you wish God was? Is that what it was? Yep, exactly. Okay. So we're going to go here. Okay. But do we want to wait? Do you want to finish some more? Tell some more story and then we'll go there. Yeah, let's tell some more story. Let's first. do some more story, okay. but you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'll be ready. Um, and so we kept going with this group. Um, I regularly attend SAL as well throughout this time, started to be more open, started connecting with a lot of guys. Um, so you're admitting at this point, yeah, I, I, I got a problem. Yeah, I'm going to SAL meetings twice a week. Okay. Um, I, got a, I picked up a sponsor, kind of worked, uh, 12-step program, and kind of not wavered in and out for a while, and then... Um, ended up getting left by that sponsor because I wasn't doing anything. I was kind of just going to meetings and calling it good. And then uh, picked up a new sponsor when I was like, all right, I, I want to stop. And I started diving head in, um, working, calling people every day, working, uh, reading the books from the SAL. Um, and then just do as much Sexaholics as Anonymous. Yes. Yeah. The SA Lifeline. Yeah. Um, Started calling a lot of guys from group, working therapy, um, just trying to be honest with myself. And uh, it, it, I saw a remarkable change in myself. So as you're getting honest with yourself, what do you find? Um, who did you discover? I kind of started to discover who God really was. Um, had some opportunities. I got to go to that boot camp that we had mentioned before as well. Yeah. Um, back in last May. And that was another huge step going forward. So before we go there, who did, who did you uncover about yourself? What did you learn about yourself, right? As you're getting honest, you're like, discover who you are. Like, what did you see as you started to peel back the layers? Um, Good and bad. So I saw a really scared boy, really scared little kid who was, who was just kind of, he's super curious, but he was afraid. Um, and stepping into that, I've been able to kind of see just this happy guy. This guy with a big old grin walking around and just being friendly with a lot of people. And so I've kind of been able to see who I, who I really am. And I, I could see parts of that growing up, who, who I really was would come out. But a lot of times it would retreat back behind this scared little boy, trying to hide and, and create this figure of somebody else who wasn't scared of anything. Um, and so uncovering that, I kind of learned more about my relationship with God, started to understand a little bit more about being fathered. Tell father, me, by, father by your father dad or by father dad. by God? Yeah, was, yeah, tell me more. A little bit of both. Yeah. So I would say fathered by God through other men. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, we have a fatherlessness episode with Rob Chittister. You can check out that in greater in-depth here. But that was a really powerful um, concept for you to pick up, it sounds like. Yeah, that was that was huge. Um uh, and what does that do for your heart? Woke it up. It uh, it let me start coming alive. I started being able to be honest with myself and with others. Um, started kind of sharing with everybody I knew. Told all my buddies everything going on. Um, and they were they were probably like, "Dude, that's awesome!" Because I struggle with the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. They just jumped right <laughs> in and they were all for it. No, uh, most <laughs> most of them. It was funny they'd they'd slowly come around with me being more honest with them and like, Hey man, like I relapsed and this is a really hard week. 
um, hey, I went over some trauma stuff at therapy and it sucked, but it was really good. And slowly they started saying, coming around like, oh, I used to struggle with that. I, that used to be an issue. And then it came to where, hey, man, I, I struggle with that a lot right now. It's like, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. But that's awesome. So your openness, your vulnerability created a safe place for other people's tr- struggles to come out as well, to yeah. where they could face their own demons and get honest. Exactly. That's the reason why you're here now with us. I think so. I think that's, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So you go to boot camp and, right, you learn, you pick up some fatherlessness there, like that concept and, and pick that up. What else are you picking up at boot camp that's, that's been impactful for you? So boot camp was probably like one of the three coolest moments of my life. Um, just going through all those different sessions were really big, meaningful for me. Um, it was talking about who I am in God's eyes, who God sees me as. And so Chris goes up on the mountain. He comes back with these elk antlers. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, who am I? <laughs> like, God's not showing up for me. Come on, this is wool crap. And so I'm pissed and I'm on the soccer field. It was right after Tyler had spoken. And I'm kicking this soccer ball into the net like as hard as I can, just pissed off. And the moose had been walking around, is walking around. And I'm like, God, I need you to show up for me. I need you to be big. And it's not that I'm bargaining for him anymore. It's that I just needed him. My heart was crying out to him. And so I see this little rabbit run by. I'm like, that's not big enough. I need like a lightning strike. I need to know. And so I'm sitting there and this moose is just grazing on the side and it beelines straight at me. Stops with like me to you 10 feet away and just stares at me for like, it felt like an eternity. It was probably like 10 seconds. I just staring at this giant moose that could just trample me in seconds and it just turns and keeps going, walks right by. I could have reached out and touched it. It was, it was huge. And so I sat there and I just started praying and crying because that was where I, I finally felt seen by God. I felt like he showed up for me. That was part of the love note that you were looking for. Exactly. That was the love note that I needed. Um, and so going from that, I, I just felt in a remarkable amount of love. I felt like God knew who I was and that he saw me. Um, picked up a name from that. It, it took on moose and then later with buffalo and dangerous. But uh, <laughs> it was awesome. It was an incredible experience. So you're like, God, will you show up for me? And he's like, a little rabbit comes by. You're like, nah. (laughs) So instead, God's like, how about this? I'm going to kill you with this moose. (laughs) Well, what's funny about that is I've had with your dad, when he first came to his first boot camp, I've seen your dad just totally come alive and become a new man. And I'm sure you have too. But at the first boot camp, it was like the very last session. I think I talked about it on one of the previous podcasts where he was just sitting out there on the side and me and Sway walked up to him because we were like, we need to pray with this guy. And I just felt like I need to go up to him and pray. And so we were sitting with him and, and he's like, I mean, I just don't know how God speaks to my heart. And so I started talking to him about the love notes that I see and how God speaks to my heart with the, the animals and everything. And he's like, Holy cow. I totally get it. He's all the first day. I think he saw like a moose. And the second day he saw, I mean, rare animals that you don't see all the time, a snowshoe hare. And then the third day was some little muskrat thing or something. I don't remember what it was. White weasel. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's right. It was a white weasel. And so when he was, he's like, God's been saying, I love you, son. And I see you. He's about, I just haven't been in the posture to receive that and understand what he was doing. So then you're seeing this rabbit and you're like, no, that's, that can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> and then God's like, you know what? I really need to show up for this guy. And he gives you the moose. That's awesome. Beautiful. 
Yeah. The, fe- yeah. the fierceness of God right there. It was incredible. Yeah. It was Any other cool boot camp experiences for you or lessons or yeah. insights? Um, a big one was with fatherlessness. Uh-huh. Um, I realized I had a lot of resentment for my dad. Okay. Now, growing up, I look back and I'm like, oh, it was a great childhood. Now, now I look back and I'm like, oh, maybe it, maybe I was a little fatherless. Um, but until I started getting into recovery, I never realized what fatherlessness was. Yeah. It's a way for God to show up in a greater way for me. Now, some people may not understand fatherlessness like we understand it because some people are like, well, I had, my dad was around. He was yeah. around all the time. I had a great dad. Well, there's times where God or where your earthly father cannot father you in the ways that you need to be fathered all exactly. the time. Yeah. So God, that's where God can step in. And so that's the fatherlessness that we're talking about. Yeah. When, yeah. So fa- we'll, we'll wrap, you know, we can kind of ex- briefly explain it, but to your point, it's where the parts of us where our own fathers couldn't show up or other good men couldn't show up for us. And so that leaves a gap, right? Right. Like kind of this hole in our hearts and our souls. And so um, the concept is that God's going to fill that for us. God can be the one person that can fill that when other men or, or, and when our own fathers couldn't speak to that part of our souls, God can do that for us. And so this is the concept of fatherlessness and how um, powerful that can be in our lives when we allow God now to father us. And if you want to learn more about that, you can read fathered by God from John Eldridge. Um, So anyway, go ahead. And exactly to go with that, that's, that's kind of what I realized was that there my, my father showed up, my earthly father, in a lot of awesome ways. He showed up in some really great ways, but then there were some that he didn't show up at all. Yeah. And so at boot camp, I was able to be fathered by God and release a lot of this resentment. There was a, When we were talking about fatherlessness, I was writing in my journal for a while praying, and I looked up, and there was one star in the sky, and I knew it was just for me. There was one star, and I looked in the sky, like, and it was clear skies and everything. There should have been. It was like 10 o'clock. Actually, it's probably like eight, but um, <laughs> felt like ten. Felt like ten, yeah. and I was looking. I was trying to find. There's got to be another star. No, there's, and it was just the one, and I knew it was for me. And so I, I got a group of guys, um, had a prayer, and it was a huge circle of snot on the ground and crying and tears, and it was, it was incredible. I was, I let go so much resentment in that moment, and it was a, a little bit like um, the Goodwill Hunting when he. He hugs Rob Williams there at the end. Yeah. After it's yeah. not your fault. That's that's the moment I was able to have with my dad. I, I saw him coming up from the stairs. I ran down after him and I gave him a hug and I, I just told him that I forgave him because yeah. God let me do that. He opened it up where I could have the space to have forgiveness for my dad. That's awesome, man. What a beautiful moment for that. Yeah. And an amazing place for you to be able to do that. Yeah. It was a, I had wrote something in my journal. It was, we were asking, what would you want your earthly father to say to you if you were to write a letter? Yeah. And he, uh, my earthly father said like the one thing that I had on that list. Yeah. I had one phrase there and he, he said that word for word and That's I just awesome. broke down crying in his arms. That's awesome, man. What a gift. Yeah. Major healing going on right there. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, going from that, it was a huge high for like two weeks then some more stumbling, just working through some, some more stuff. I, I realized that I go back to this same God where I, I got to earn stuff if I'm not earning it. And I, so I'm working on, on that with him now, um, trying to see him as the same. And, uh, I just finished reading the book, the shack. That's, Ooh, that's, that's so good. Yeah. 
Did you watch the movie yet? I watched the movie first, like right when I got home from my mission and bawled my eyes out. Every time I watched it, oh, I cry. Yeah. But the book was just incredible. I'm sitting in this tree stand reading all about expectations, expectancy, living in a, a live relationship where God's never disappointed in me because he already knows. Yeah. He already knows how many times I'm going to stumble. There's a specific page. I took a picture of it, and it says, like, if I know that it's going to take 47 times to convince you that I love you, when I tell you the first time, I'm thrilled because there's only 46 more times that I got to tell you this. That meant so much to me. Hmm. Just the fact that he's seeing where I would see, I'd be like, oh, shit, I got 46 more times to go. Are you kidding me? It's going to take forever. And he's looking at it like, only 46 more times to go. Let's do this. Yeah. And so it was it was an awesome experience. That was just this last weekend, but it's been... It's been it's been a ride trying to figure out who God really is for me, how he shows up. Yeah. So I just I just started, sorry, I I just started thinking of as you're talking about that, just just God being the the one to be able to come to you and just saying, Hey, I love you. And he's excited because he gets to tell you that over and over and over again. It's just awesome to think of everything you just said. That's awesome. Yeah. So, who is God to you now? Tell me about your friend Jesus. My friend Jesus. And he's pretty cool. Um, so, I like talking to myself, but it's like I do this fun thing where it's a conversation with God. And the thoughts that come in, I know he's talking to me. Um, and he's always there. It, it's pretty cool. Um. He really loves me. He loves all of me. He loves my anxious twitch that I get in my legs when I'm really feeling the feelings. He loves my smile. He loves my humor. He cares about me. And Jesus, man, he's awesome. I don't, I, I pretty much vision him as the guy from The Chosen. That's who Jesus is. Um, and then God's that black lady from The Shack. But uh, yeah. They're, so if you guys haven't seen The Shack, people might be confused on that. So so just a, a real quick side note on that part with The Shack, God shows up for this guy as this black woman. That's, and the reason why is because he, if, if God was to show up as a man, he would not accept him because of the wounds that he received from his father. So God knew he needed to show up to him as a an amazing black woman that is just loving and caring because that's who he would accept. Yeah. So, sorry. And that's what Keep he does. Going. He shows yeah. up <laughs> to go with that. He shows up how I need him to. And he yeah. does every time. A lot of times I'm blinded by my own arrogance and pride, so I can't see it. But when I look back at him, I'm like, Oh, there you were. Yeah. And he'll show up in other people for you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So what makes you want to come on and share your story with us now? Why are you here today? So a couple, like a month ago, um, actually it was back when Max shared his story. Yeah. So when you guys released that, I was like, I, got, I have a story. This is, I was, I was thinking, I was like, oh, I never got like chained up in a basement. Like as a child, I don't have that big of a story. But then hearing Max's story, I'm like, oh, I, I can share my story. And so I, I, from that moment, I knew I wanted to share. Um, but I just didn't know when. And so I was working on some stuff, and then it came to, uh, I got invited by a, uh, another uh, therapist who's at Lifestar, um, Josh. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, Josh, Josh is awesome. Yeah. But uh, I 
I can never Walpole. I uh-huh. guess his last name. And uh, he invited me to a um, YSA bishoprics meeting mm-hmm. with a ton of bishops, like the whole stake presidency from this like whole Bluffdale area. YSA is young single adult. Right. And so Todd Olson had put it on and invited a bunch of us guys to come on. There were some of the guys from my warrior uh, group, therapy group that I was a part of, and we shared our story and just kind of what addiction and recovery has looked like for us. And sharing my story, I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. I like yeah. I like this. Yeah. And when was that? That was like probably right when I texted you, like the very same night oh, I texted okay. you. I was like, hey, I, I want to share my story. So it was probably a couple months ago then? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just doing that. I was like, okay, I want to I wanna do this more. And so like some of the stuff you guys have mentioned, like Steve's like, yeah, you start a conversation with a guy at Costco and tell him about your addiction. He's probably like, yeah, me too. Like. I put that to the test. Like, it's yeah. legit. Like, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> like, there's this, these guys, I go recycle a door and a garage door, and I start talking to them. Like, yeah, I struggle with addiction. This is the recovery. This is what it looks like. And I just instant connection. Every time I go there, see him, I just, I have this connection with him just from sharing my story. Yeah. And so I started opening up to a lot more friends, YSA Bishop, kids from the YSA ward who the Bishop wanted me to meet with. And it's just been, sharing my story has just been an incredible experience. I've never had, like, I know that sometimes there's a statistic like nine out of ten times it goes well. Like it's been pretty much ten out of ten every time for me. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's how it's been for us as well. Being able to share our story, we were worried about that too. Just being so open and honest and being out there with everybody and sharing stuff that we went that was videos worldwide. We were like, oh, I don't know. There's like no anonymity with this, and we're like, yep, this is what we got to do. And, and to, it's been awesome to go with that. When I met. You too, like at Warrior Heart Boot Camp, like you guys are my rock stars. Like it's funny, like I, I tell Steve, I was like, no, these guys are like the cool ones. Like if all the people in the world, like if I could meet anyone, it was like, it was like, I want to meet the Unashamed Unafraid crew. So like right here, I've made it. Like I can die now. I'm good. <laughs> I remember when I saw Chris, I heard his voice and I recognized it instantly. I yeah. Ran up, gave it's him a It's a pretty distinguished voice there. <laughs> I, I ran up to him. You're Chris from the podcast. And he kind of looked at me like, uh, yeah, hey man. And Chris, have you ever smoked a, the cigarette in your life? Never. <laughs> you oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm totally wrong. I did smoke, yes, because my dad, I grew up yeah. around my dad my whole life yeah. smoking, and I love that smoke smell. For, yeah. I don't know. It's disgusting to me now, but the reason why I liked it then is it just reminded me of my dad, and so yeah. I had I maybe had like 15 cigarettes in my life. Yeah. I was just going to say, where'd you me. get that raspy, smoky voice there? It just happened. <laughs> just happened. <laughs> I just talk a lot. <laughs> But I was going to say, your your dad sent me a text after boot camp, and it, it's really funny. And he's all, thanks for a great weekend, and thanks for being famous. <laughs> My son, Jarrett, was super excited to meet you, telling me, telling his mom he was geeked out to meet the famous Chris. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the same thing with yeah. James, too. I, like yeah, I, I got, watching a, I got a similar it. text. Yep. Yeah, Watching and, him for a second, and like I came up to him like, hey, how's it going? Like, <laughs> total fangirling, like freaking out. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's awesome. No, it was great. It was, well, thanks for being a fan, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for listening and, and 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 you know supporting the show. Uh, Jarrett's one of our earliest outsiders, so we got to shout him out right here, right now, man. Thank you uh, for for giving back, uh, not only with your with your money, but now sharing your story and then what you're doing right now in your own community. You know, you're you're making a big difference in people's lives by by putting your story out there and sharing that message of hope and healing so thank you man thank you guys you inspired me and so that's what got me here that's definitely been on the path to to get me to this point that's awesome 
So have, have you, as you've been more open about your addiction and, and even your connection with God and everything, where that's been taking you, what have you been doing to stay connected with God? And what are you doing when temptations come up? Are you having slip still? Like where, where are you at in re, in recovery and overcoming it? Overcoming it. Yeah. So, um, sobriety wise, I'm only seven days sober. I really went back to that old God when I was hunting because I didn't get my elk and my dad did. So he had God's favor and I didn't. Mm. When saying that now, it sounds kind of childish, but uh, that's kind of where I, I I'm definitely working on some stuff with God. Um, a big thing that I, I liked from the reading the shack that I'm trying to work on is living in expectancy with God, not having expectations, as well as living in the present versus living in the past or the future. I find myself looking at, oh, I got homework later tonight. I got this, this. I got a, a hunt this weekend. I Just being here right now has been super hard, but it's been super incredible. Um, as far as like my recovery, um, it involves a lot of the pause app. is a big one that's been endorsed and a lot of readings. I already mentioned the shack, Fathered mm-hmm. by God. Um, just looking for ways to connect with other men. Yeah. What you guys have said a lot and what I think is true is uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. So I got a little book club with a guy, CT, mm-hmm. call him about the shack, and we have like an hour-long conversation talking about it every every week. I probably ought to call him tomorrow. But yeah. It's a lot of connections with guys, and that's where I've been able to find God mostly. And I, The SAL has been awesome because there's free hugs, and it's incredible. Go and get a hug from a awesome man that's working recovery and just connect with them. And that's been, that's been huge for me. Right. So that's, that's awesome. fathering, right? So that fathering you're talking about. So and I love seeing this because you're 21 freaking years old and, and we didn't do this kind of stuff no. before. And it's so awesome that you're just, you're just getting after it and no shame about it. You're like, you know what? Yeah, I've got this issue and I'm dealing with it and I'm getting it figured out and I'm going to God with it and love it. Yeah. So even in the, in the struggle, Living in the struggle, dealing with the relapses, right? And instead of shame spiraling and isolating, you're reaching out. Yeah. Now now keep in mind, you said it was kind of hard as you were coming here, but no, it's going to be even harder when you leave because the enemy is going to do everything he can to take you out so that you can call us and be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't post that podcast because, you know, I had a slip or or whatever. Just just make sure that you're paying attention to those feelings because and know that they are going to come because the enemy is going to come after your heart because he does not want you to share your story. He doesn't want you to help other people. And he, he totally wants your heart and he wants to take it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like what you guys said at the boot camp. that same thing. Yeah. That's uh to go with that. If you don't mind, I, uh, cool experience on the mountain. So I had some, some rough ones. And then I had an incredible one. So I'm walking up this. This, this is just Tuesday. last weekend, this right? This is just last weekend. It's about like a mile and a half walk. And so there's a boot camp that you guys opened up in September. And I, I was teetering. And I was like, oh, if I get it, I kind of tried to bargain with God. I was like, yeah, if I get my elk the first day, then I don't have, I have vacation days and I can go. So trying to like, me trying to be sneaky, like, oh, I'm going to trick God and give me an elk. <laughs> Didn't work. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm walking up and I'm thinking to myself, kind of having this conversation with God, the two two voices in my head. And I say, all right. Should I go to boot camp? And every time, I, I think I did this, repeated this sentence like six times. Um, 
he interrupted me before I could finish it. And was like, yes, just a solid yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 hang on. So let's pretend <laughs> maybe there's no no answer in my head. Should I? And then every time it's consistent, just a yes. And so I, I ended up getting home. I was like, all right, signed up for the boot camp. And so that's been a, I'm excited. I think he's going to show up something big for the, for me there, and it's going to be an incredible experience. But Heck that's yeah. awesome, sweet. Jarrett, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your story with us. Chris, it's an honor to be here with you. You too, James. And to be here with Jarrett. Yeah. I was excited when we saw him on the list. I was like, yeah, we're getting Jarrett in here. Sweet. So to you listeners, thank you for listening. I uh, want to shout out our outsiders. Thank you so much. We love you. Um, and if you want to become an outsider, how do they do that, Chris? You go to unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. Right. And there you can um, donate, you know, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you feel like you can do to give back. Um, all of that money goes directly to scholarships to help people receive therapy or things like boot camp um, that would not be able to afford these things otherwise. Um, so like us on Facebook and Instagram at Unashamed Unafraid and give us five stars on iTunes because that is how the world can find us and judge us. So if you have an anonymous question, send it in. We'd love to have, um, you know, to answer those questions on the show. We don't have enough of them coming in. So let's, let's get some more going guys. Yeah. We'd love to get more episodes on there about the, these anonymous questions. Cause we know that a question that you have other men have, and then same with you, the, the women that listen to us, the, any questions that you have, we know other women are going to have the same question. So Absolutely. send it in. We'd love to hear them. Yep. And you can find those on our website, unashamedunafraid.com. And if you have a story of, of recovery and healing that you'd like to share with us, reach out like Jarrett did and let us know that, um, that you have a story that, you need, that you'd like to share and, and share with the world uh, the healing that, that comes as you engage in recovery. And you and, don't have to be here in Utah to do it. Yep. We can get it anywhere you guys are located at. Absolutely. So as you know, Jarrett, we always um, end with a song. So um, I know that you're a longtime listener of the show. Um, Jarrett told us before that he has listened he's, he's to every... He's a fan. Yep, he has listened to every episode and every bonus content episode. So thank you. Um, and so as you know, we, we like to wrap up our episodes with a song. Uh, what would that one be for you? Uh, to Be Loved with Lydia Laird. It's a it's a banger. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> As Steve would say, it's a banger, right? So why that song? So I was I was I've got like this huge playlist of all of my recovery songs and just songs that let me see God. Uh, that's another place that I find him and is in music. And I was going through every song. Like, oh, should I share this one with the with the guys? And it was I feel like that really embodied a lot of my story and and where I come from is. Um, I didn't know it was enough to be loved by God. Yeah. And this song tells me that it is. And so it's a huge, uh, huge way for God to show up for me is in this song. That's awesome. Sweet. So in the meantime, thank you, Jarrett, for coming on the show. And for your listeners, we'll catch you next time. And remain unashamed and unafraid. And we will wrap it up with To Be Loved. Crafted prayers, cleaned up the version of what I share. Saying the things I'm supposed to, bottling up what I'm going through. Afraid of unraveling into a mess, so I fake a smile in my Sunday best. Hiding the pain underneath it, hoping you don't find my weakness. But you see right through me and invite me to a place where my broken pieces.
further healing of mercy goes I'm telling all of my secrets I know that you can redeem them You see right 